Hi there. Welcome to the Thought Mix and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hanna. Every episode, I have a different question for you to ponder on. And these questions should be something that the guest finds fascinating, important, or both. And it's something that I think most people aren't thinking or talking about. So this time, I have Carl Dunker, who has actually been on the podcast before. I'll let him introduce himself, and then we'll get into a conversation around his question. My name is Carl Dunker. I'm a writer and editor at Herman Miller, where I also specialize in some uh, of the more information design-related aspects of web design work. In my spare time, I like to do photography and paint and just kind of do all-around creative stuff, I guess. I like to hear that. <laughs> I like people who do creative stuff. So, yeah. yeah, and Carl's been on this show before, but... He had such a burning desire to share another question that he's back on with a, another question today. So what is the question that's been bouncing around your head? Sure. So this has been kind of something I've been thinking about more and more as like I'm getting better acclimated to working here at Herman Miller and some of my side projects are starting to take off a bit. Uh, and that's this question of um, how do we combat not just the fear of failure, but the fear of success as a creative. Yeah, and can you take me through an example maybe of where you've had a fear of success recently? Sure. Uh, I was working on on a number of uh, pieces for an e-com campaign here, and I was doing a lot of headline writing, and you know, my bosses were basically saying that, you know, like your headlines are like knocking out of the park, like these are really clever and witty, and they actually are going to help, you know, engage consumers and all that good stuff. But I did have, and I was feeling really good about that, but I did have this like nagging thing in the back of my head going kind of like, all right, are they going to expect me to like be the rainmaker now? (laughs) Just like always be super ridiculously Mm kick-ass in everything I do. Yeah. Which I mean, that's, it's Which, of course, you you know, you are kick-ass, so that's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are way too kind. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's a good expectation to have from your bosses that they, or, or clients or anybody, yeah. the, the public at large, that, you know, wow, this guy, like, he's got it. Like, he's, he's really great at this. But then there's also that kind of, like, almost, uh, I'd almost call it, like, a creative vertigo that you get. It's like, I'm up here now, and I have a long ways I can fall, and it's pretty easy for me to fall. Right. So is the fear that, is it like that you feel like you can't take the risks that you usually can because you don't want to do something that hasn't gotten that, you know, successful um, praise yet? Or are you just scared that the same thing isn't going to keep on working or, you know, how is that kind of manifesting in more specific terms? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think some of it's sort of this fear that, well, it definitely does push you to be more risk averse. Like you, when you're, when you're just starting out and you're, I mean, yeah, you have that kind of fear of like, well, if I don't make it, like I won't be able to pay the bills, but you do have a bit more freedom in the sense that like, there are no expectations of you. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever the hell you want and people will either like it or not like it. But once you seem to, you know, it seems like once you start to get some traction and start to move forward, then you start to get expectations put on you and you start to feel like, well, I can't take as many risks because if I take a huge risk and it like totally falls flat, 
like that really sucks. And people are going to be like, well, this dude's just like a one hit wonder. And like, yeah, he had a couple of good ideas, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's a lot of uh, external accreditation kind of going on there where I know I mean, that's tough. Once you get it, it's hard to not kind of cling to the, mm-hmm. the, the what other people are saying. So how do you deal with kind of the internal versus external? Because a lot of people would say that the, the antidote to this is to think about the process and focus on that and not the external, you know, uh, validation you get from other people, but that's easier said than done. So mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how is that kind of working in your head? <laughs> yeah, so I... I definitely do try to like focus on the process and focus on the work and focus on like what I'm doing and not think about what's going on around me or the approval of others. But like you said, I mean, that's, that's definitely easier said than done. And it's also, it's tough because like most creative people, I think like I am my own worst critic. Mm-hmm. So there's also like that factor of like me you know, working on a piece or working on something for work or working on like one of my side projects. And I'm thinking to myself, like, uh, this is just garbage. Like I shouldn't even try this or, or like, you know, this is not nearly as good as the last thing that you did. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. That, that's a little tougher to fight. I think the inner critic. Yeah. So maybe this is so maybe it's something along the lines of we were talking before the recording of how, like we were trying to find our like, hundred percent with our work efforts in terms of how much time we can actually put into things. So maybe we need to find our hundred percent with our inner critic, you know, cause you don't want to not criticize yourself at all, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you don't yeah. want to be, you know, like shooting everything down and throwing it into the ground and burying it forever, not to see the light of day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of this too is sort of like, it's almost like a, this fear of success is like a modified fear of failure because it's like, you know, when you're just in general afraid of failing, you're, you're thinking like, well, I don't want to try because if this blows up in my face, that'll really suck. And the fear of success is like, it's like that except extrapolated outwards. So it's like, I don't want this thing to like be super awesome because then my next thing that sucks, it's going to be really bad because I did this amazing thing and now I'm doing garbage again. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I guess, what have you been trying to do to, to once you've realized that this was a, a question in your head, what have you been doing to try and tackle it? <laughs> There's definitely a lot of just like the whole FILDI principle going on of like, just F it, let's do it kind of thing. <laughs> just saying like, you know what, screw that. Like, I, I'm not going to allow myself to self-sabotage just so that I don't feel so bad if something just goes completely belly up on me. Like right. that's like, that's pointless. Why would I do that? Cause then it's like, I might as well not even be in this business if I'm afraid of succeeding because each subsequent failure would be worse. Like, why would I do that? But it's still something that it's hard to combat. And I think part of it is that it's hard to combat because not a lot of people are talking about it as much. Like people talk today a lot about like embracing failure and how you fail forward and like that, that failure is an important part of the creative process, which is all well and good, but they don't talk about like, well, you know, what do you do when you succeed and you suddenly are 
like either a little bit higher up than you were before or like way higher up than you were before in terms of like your skill set or your your perception in the world or just in success in general like it's almost like that that old joke about like dogs chasing cars like they're going to chase the car but like what are they going to do when they get it <laughs> like what do you do when you get successful right yeah so maybe it's just a it's always with a lot of these questions that come up on the podcast it's just talking about it and <laughs> see what uh because yeah you're right if other people are talking about it you can also feel like is this really a problem I should be worrying about? Well, that's with a lot of questions again. True, is this something I should be worrying about? But it can make you feel insecure about talking about it too. If everyone else is just talking about failure. Like, well, I'm worried about the opposite. It, yeah, it can stifle you talking about it. So, yes, thank you for bringing yeah. this question up. <laughs> yeah, well, because I think in a lot of cases, especially among young creatives, if you say something like, you know, gosh, I'm really afraid like that I'm going to, I don't know, do some really awesome like that i'm going to sell an, a music album and it's going to just go like nuts and i'm going to become this massive pop star or something and people are just like why are you afraid of that like that would be amazing yeah it would but there's also that that flip side to it of like you could do that and then you could start sucking again right immediately afterwards or you could get there and then it's like well what do i do now yeah i mean it's part of do you think something that would be maybe helpful is defining what success is for you before you actually go for it a little bit? Maybe that would help you once you get there, like you have some bearings of where you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think some of it too is that it seems like in our our frame of reference for success, like we're very, and I think this is just human beings in general, we're very like concrete goal focused, which is really good in terms of like if you're trying to achieve a specific thing but it's not very good in terms of like lasting progress and contentment i don't think mm -hmm. like we're defining success as like whatever arbitrary goal that we want to grab whether it's like selling a million copies of an album or it's you know becoming a creative director at an agency or it's like writing a like super awesome ad campaign we define it as this really concrete thing. And then once you achieve that thing, then it's like, well, what do I do now? I feel like maybe some of this could be mitigated by shifting our frame of reference from concrete goals to more process driven goals. Like I want to be in this sort of way, like this is how I want to have my career operate on a day to day basis. And then the goals can just kind of slot in there as like, I don't know, signposts on your way to achieving this state of being, maybe. Yeah, I remember reading some some studies a little while ago of something like called identity goals, which were more successful for people like in terms of things like losing weight or, or eat, eating healthy and stuff like that. It was like, rather than saying, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, saying like, I'm going to be the type of person who is healthy, like that helped them put goals into that better and like saying that. So maybe it's, yeah, like you said, making more like, what's the type of person I want to be? And then you can fit your, your concrete goals, just kind of fill in there almost easily without having to think too hard about what's the next step. Like, well, what's the next thing a person who is this type of person would do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's, those are some of the things I've been thinking about as I've been kind of wrestling with this idea of like, 
the fear of failure and the fear of success and like what does that mean for me maybe i need to start shifting my frame of reference from like i did this really awesome thing to more like i am a person who does these sorts of things and this is just what i do this is the type of person i want to be right yeah yeah it's an interesting mindset i've i've read that before and i've i've tried it out and then forgotten about that theory but i do like that, that i do like that theory um again it's all just implementing it and sticking with it is always a tough thing mm-hmm. so he's especially again when everyone is talking about the concrete goals around you it's easy to just get sucked back into that so yeah everybody's you know especially around here you know it's like oh we launched this really awesome product or we we did a really sweet ad campaign or what have you you know it's like well that's great but as a company it, it, you know it applies to large organizations as well as individuals it's like as a company what is the type of company that we want to be? And then we'll just do that. And all those other things will just kind of fall into place along with that. I think that's one of the benefits of like working in a company like Herman Miller is that's, that's sort of been their, um, their philosophy from almost the very beginning since like the twenties when we hired our first design director, Gilbert Rohde, like it was all this emphasis on like, what is the type of company that you want to be? What are the types of products that you want to make? Yeah, yeah. Mission like mission statements can kind of get poo-pooed sometimes as like, oh, that's like kind of wishy-washy and soft. But yeah, it can help out with what these type of things that we're talking about. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's this old sort of apocryphal story. Although I don't know, I should ask our archivist exactly how true this is. But this story that our founder. And the, our first design director, Gilbert Rohde, was talking with our founder, DJ Dupree, about the furniture we were making. And at the time, we were making pretty much all like reproductions of Victorian-era furniture. And it, the exchange, I don't remember the exact words, but it basically boiled down to Gilbert Rohde saying to, to DJ Dupree, like, the furniture you're making is not honest. Like, you're doing this because this is what the salespeople are telling you they want to sell but this furniture is, it's not honest because it's not of the time. It's not of our time. It's somebody else's furniture that you're making. Like uh-huh. you need to start making your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what kind of set us off on this path of, you know, working with people like George Nelson and Charles Murray Eames and, you know, all these other really phenomenal designers. Gets back again to the age-old art versus crap type thing there too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of these questions kind of sneakily bring that back in there sometimes. So um, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I think that's a good little bit for people to think on. Is there any uh, last thoughts you want to throw out there on the question? Not really. Um, it's just it's something that I've been considering for a while and certainly have not arrived at an answer to it, which I think is kind of an a recurring theme when I think about a lot of these creative things is like, well, I don't really know the answer, but I'm working through it. I'll let you know if I ever find it. <laughs> yeah, definitely do. But that's uh, that's something that came up in, um, I think, two episodes ago, where I was talking with uh, Elizabeth Alexander, uh, when is something finished? And it's something we came up with again and brought up, like, kind of art brings up questions, craft provides answers. So if you're doing something kind of artistic, you're kind of always in this state of not knowing for sure, being questioning. So it almost feels like if you are constantly asking questions and not knowing, in the right space, obviously, uh, that 
you are doing things right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's a struggle to do artistic things. So keep asking those questions. (laughs) Oh, I will. Cool. Thanks for coming on. And as always, if people want to find out more about you, where should they head to? Sure. Uh, So you can follow me on Instagram, which is at Carl the Copywriter. You can follow me on Twitter at C Dunker. If you want to look at my website, there's a whole lot there, but uh, my website is carlthecopywriter.com. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing your question and uh, take care. You too. hope you enjoyed the conversation with Carl and I hope that you'll think of that question yourself and share your thoughts with somebody. If you'd like to find out more about Carl, you can find him where he mentioned. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me or find out more about the project, you can head on over to thoughtmixingbowl.com. And if you like these conversations, like to hear more of them, you can head on over to the website or you can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud to the podcast. And if you'd like to help support the project, you can head on over to the website or you can go to patreon.com slash matthanna. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-A-T-T-H-A-N-N-A. And I'll actually be expanding the scope of this project shortly, and I'll be sharing details of that. And it will still involve creativity, but it's going to be a little bit different in terms of who I'm talking to and where I'm getting these questions and stories from. So I'm excited to share that bit with you guys, and I'll let you know as soon as that's up and going. So that's it. Until next time, take care and be awesome.